Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Man, show friend of the show, a guy I've known for a long time from my days at Tennessee State. He came all the way up. He's the AT Aggies head coach over there in Greensboro. It's the one and only Willie Jones on the show. Coach Jones, Will, what's good, brothers? How you doing, man? Boss, we made it, man. We trying to make this thing happen. Always good. Uh, to join your show, man, it just oh, every time I come on, man, it just reminds me of, of, of the days, man, back in the days trying to grind and get to the top. I hear that, brother. I hear that, man. Those days were fun days, man. And just seeing where you you were at now, where I'm at, when I was start getting started off selling CDs and hustling at Tennessee State for the radio show, all these platforms, man. Like it was a long journey, brother. But it's always all we're worth it, though, man. Hey, hey, man. You got to go through something to get something, right? And so uh, I'm glad you went through something. I went through something, and man, we're trying to make it happen. Let's go back to last year, uh, Coach Jones, man. Uh, you got 11 wins in a COVID year. Now, to be having a winning record in a year itself as it was 2020, tell me about your team's personal perseverance, overcoming, having to go through testing every day, just not knowing where they're going to play. How was that for your guys, man? You know, last year was an extremely tough year. Uh, you know, the games that, you know, that we played, um, in the non-conference uh, and in the conference, uh, it, it was just, man, every day was like, you didn't know what was going to happen. You know, were you going to be shut down today? What was tomorrow going to look like? And um, we were coming off a year where we thought that, you know, we were going to go to the NCAA tournament and we wanted to kind of make last year that year to get it done. And I think that, um, you know, that was our focus on the entire season. And, um, you know, with us, being um, winning the, the the North Division, um, excuse me, the South Division and the MEAC, um, we were ready and primed to go into the conference tournament and try to get to the NCAA tournament. No doubt. And I'm asking you, man, like for, for, for you as a coach, man, and you know, never knowing where they're going to play, you don't be on maybe on a bus, maybe out on a shoot around and get a call, say it's, it's off today, worrying about your players. For you, how is it stressful for you and your staff just always be concerned about? Are we going to play today? Are we going to practice today? Are we have enough guys to even go out here today? So for you, man, your mental health, man, your stats mental health, how was it for you guys, man? You know, it was bigger than winning for me, to be honest with you. We, we talked about it the first practice. We talked about it with our guys, about being flexible, being ready to pivot, in that we aren't in control. I'm not in control. 
the AD's not in the control, the chancellor's not in control. Us as human beings, we are we aren't in control of what's going on. This is a this is a period in time that um, we're going to just have to be ready to pivot based on how the world what's going on in the world. And, and, and I had our guys understand that. And I don't think we took any of the pauses that we went through um, in a detrimental sense. I just we try to keep the positivity, um, you know, alive. And whenever we got a chance to suit up, to give our best effort. And um, that's kind of how we rolled, man. So I, I didn't really let it get into my mental health or our players' mental health um, because at the end of the day, there is nothing that we could have done to change anything based on the world that we're living in right now. And I think, Will, this was so funny about you say that because a lot of times we talk as young men and, and as, as for my parents, it, a lot of things is out of control. It's in kind of God's hands. And I think COVID-19, 2020 showed us, hey, we don't control very much in our lives other than how we approach everyday attitudes, how we respect people. A lot of it is not our control. I think for your young men, being young as they are, to get that life lesson early that, hey, a lot of things we do have in this lifetime, it's out of your control. Oh, for sure. I mean, being being from a small town in South Carolina with grandma had a big time effect on me. You know, she tell you, man, you know, God's in control. And, 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 and really early, you know, right after, you know, that, uh, you know, Everything got shut down um, for uh, the NCAA tournament the previous year, and the world stopped. I'm talking about not just the state, the country, but the world stopped. I mean, you got to pay attention to what's going on with that. And um, I think I just try to calm our guys' nerves and just say, every time you get a chance to get on this court and hoop, you better do it to the best of your ability. Have some fun because it's not promised tomorrow. And some you did this very well, man. It's like I know that you got all the black coaches on, on a call on Zoom. And uh, tell me about what inspired you to do that and just bring y'all together as one because I feel like this last cycle, a lot of black coaches got hired. You know, that was the info thing this cycle. You know, I'm glad it happened, but I want it to continue to happen, right? So talk about your, you know, your idea to have, get all the black coaches on a Zoom call, bring you know, everybody together as one on, to kind of share their knowledge and, and swap game with each other. You know, obviously last year, you know, everybody had a lot of time. And, um, you know, I'm just lucky to have a group of coaches, uh, young head coaches that, um, you know, we were friends before we were, were head coaches. And, you know, with that time, we got a chance to really spend some time with each other and try, try to help each other um, get better. And uh, one of the things, I mean, while we all had time was, hey, let's get everybody together, you know, during this social injustice. How can we help each other? How can we help our players? How can we just get through this period and, and try to get better as coaches? And, and we were able to do that. And uh, it turned out to be an unbelievable year. A lot of coaches got jobs. Um, you know, it was just being a part of that movement that, uh, you know, is, is trying to help college athletics, uh, you know, realize the value of the African-American coach and, and, and help get some more opportunities. And we were also a good last year was this, you know, Texas Southern and Norfolk both won the NCAA tournament. Now, we, we, we hated the play-in game all the time, but, hey, getting in the play, they both got wins and had good showings as well. So talk about seeing HBCU schools be successful in the tournament and then you're going to move to the Big South. At Tennessee State, you know, it was an OBC. So now you're in the Big South in a predominantly white conference now. Representing, tell me about those things right there. Seeing that those two schools winning those that tournament and seeing a good school like yourself going to the Big South to represent ABC sports, even at, in, that, in that conference now, showing them what the is all about in the eggs. You know, uh, one thing, you know, getting to the NCAA tournament is the ultimate reward. 
And um, to have two teams, um, you know, uh, compete and win in the first round is huge. It's to be expected, you know, not to, it's to be expected. Uh, you put us versus a light conference, uh, and that's what they are. I call it a spade, a spade, a light conference. Um, you know, whether it's Sun Belt, Southern Conference, um, you know, whatever it is, if they're light conferences, one-bit leagues, um, you should expect uh, to win when you suit up against those teams. And, um, you know, now, you know, the ultimate goal is for uh, us to have four HBCUs being represented in the, H in the NCAA tournament. And that can happen now. You got a Tennessee State in the OVC. You got us in Hampton in the Big South, and you still got the MIAC in the SWAC. And so it, it should be a day when all four conferences, um, all, all four of those schools should be represented um, in the NCAA tournament as we continue to make this thing a reality for the HBCUs. It was good, Coach Jones. This man that more young men are going to go to HBCU route now. Like more career maker went to Howard, but no, last year was not a good year for Howard, but he went there. Master's Peace with Tennessee State. So more top recruits, even on the football side, they're going to so swagging me, me at school. So I feel like HBCUs are now in vogue and young black men and women now see that the value of these schools who who care about you, who understand your background, where you come from, make it help foster you, make you a better wife, husband, leader in, in your future as you go through your path at these universities. Oh, for sure. I mean, A&T had an unbelievable year last year in recruiting. I think we finished 79th in the country uh, with signing Duncan Powell, four-star kid out of Duncan, uh, out of Texas, and, you know, along with a couple other freshmen. But recruiting um, at our universities and, and awareness at the HBCUs are at an all-time high. Um, you know, and let's be honest with you, you know, uh, kids don't come out of the womb knowing what an HBCU is. It's our job to educate them and tell them that there are opportunities at the HBCU. And I tell people all the time, HBCU has nothing to do with sports, okay? HBCU, these schools gave African-Americans an opportunity to go to a place where they can get the same education as some of these predominantly white institutions that we couldn't attend at that time. The sports perspective, we've always been good in sports. African-Americans have always been uh, the leaders in sports, no matter where, what playing field we were at, whether we were in the CIAA, the old school SIAC, the old school MEAC, or the old school SWAC, we got Hall of Famers in the NFL. We got people in Canton. We got people in the NBA Hall of Fame. And we've, we've always been good in sports. So in terms of the kids recognizing that they can be successful at the HBCU, we got to continue to educate them. We got to continue to engage them and, and, and give them the light and see what they can do uh, on our campus. And, and I think if we continue to do that, we'll be successful at attracting some of them. Especially with you moving to the Big South. I know, I hate to say it, but moving to the Big South gives a, guy, a kid a different perspective. You know, it's not the MEAC or the SWAC. So going to the Big South has to help. Hampton's already there as well, over out from the MEAC conference. So how did you kind of see, since you've moved to the Big South officially now, recruiting-wise and how guys respond to you when you get that call from A&T now? You know, uh, just like you said, man, it goes all the way back, you know, uh, to my days at Tennessee State, my, my first opportunity as a college coach was in the OVC, where Tennessee State um, was the only HBCU um, at the time in a predominantly white league. And, um, you know, and so I'm used to it, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, working in the Big South for a, new, a number, number, number of years gives me a perspective 
of what we need to do to be successful, continue to be successful uh, in that conference. And um, I think it's an unbelievable opportunity. Um, and like you said, uh, kids like to, you know, perception is reality. And um, the Big South is definitely an attractive place and, and, and it gets you into different doors. And, um, and I'm excited, man, for the future of our program as we transition to a new league and a new opportunity. And also recruiting Atlanta, man. You got two young freshmen one from Buford, uh, Marcus Wilson and Jalen Jackson uh, as well from, from our area. Tell us about coming down here and finding guys outside of the Carolinas, coming down here to Georgia, finding talents, what to bring into your program to foster as you build this thing out the right way. We're going to recruit the best of the best. You know, um, relationships are what, what drives recruiting. I've just been an unbelievable, you know, uh, career living in almost five, six different states and, and developing those relationships. And uh, we're going to continue to engage um, the best kids that we can engage and, and try to make sure that we secure a winning team year in and year out within our program. Um, and uh, Atlanta is definitely a hotbed for talent. And um, year in and year out, we're going to be in those gyms trying to find those guys that fit what we're doing here at A&T. And you have a veteran roster with, with, with a balance of young guys too. Tell us about that as you made up your roster, man. Want to make sure you have some nice veterans to play well for you. Get those tough wins out there. And that not that Don Kanye guy, but I'll say for young guys, develop your system, continue to develop program, get them stronger, get them wiser out there, and learning your system even more. So when they ready to play, they can come back and get you before you right right away. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's it's always you know one thing I want to always do is try to stay old. Uh, in my roster, stay old through guys, uh, you know, coming up through your program, you know, whether I get them on the back end and they got three years or two years um, or whether, you know, it's a four year guy like a Cam Langley, um, who's had an unbelievable career and is back this year for his fifth year with this COVID option. But um, the bottom line is, you know, we want to have the young kids. I want to build a program, not, not a team. You know, I'm not interested in building a good team. You know what I mean? I want to build a program so when the freshmen come on campus uh, that they can be taught by the guys before them and they come up into that tradition and what we do and they buy in from day one. Um, that's a program and that's what I'm interested in building and that's what we you know, continue to do day in and day out as we continue to add pieces to the puzzle. This year's roster uh, is an example of that. You know, um, definitely got two guys that are fifth year guys. I think we got three guys that are seniors. Um, we got a couple of grad transfers. Um, we got a couple of sophomores that are talented and in the freshmen that we have, our freshman class, I think is the best freshman class in the Big South. And so, um, I mean, we're gonna continue to do that and try to build our roster where we have some balance and um, so we can be good for the long haul. Now, how good was it this year to have guys actually on campus for a summertime? You know, last 2020 is that like you got to couldn't do it how you want to do it. So you miss out on that camaraderie, getting that weight room together because you don't know doing it on Zoom and saying that being with a strength coach, that nutrition and diet is right because all those things are very important, Will, as you know, man, because a lot of young men don't understand what you put in your body is how what you can put out on that court. If you eat McDonald's every day, it's only going to be one day in the second half. I know you, you want to play hard and, and play like crazy. I know how you, I know how you coach them up. So you can't do that when we're playing for you like this. How's it been, man, having them right there watching them? strength coaches as well, get them that come out in the weight room so they can be close together now come October, September ready to go come November, man. For sure, man. I mean, for me, you know, it's fun. I'm going into my third um, season, actually. You know what I mean? And um, this was the first summer that I had with the team, you know, to, to really talk about what we do. 
and to put them to put them through our conditioning program and and what we believe summer should should look like and um yeah so it was unbelievable to have the guys on campus um this summer um it's a blessing to be able to do that here at a t and um you know we had an unbelievable summer a lot of team building um a lot in the weight room a lot of you know getting better on the floor and uh unbelievable uh, it gets the guys together early and uh gives those freshmen a shock right away to kind of let them know, hey man, high school is over. And so, um, but the Aggies had a good summer, man. We look forward to um, getting on the floor. Um, you know, we, we're doing workouts now, but you know, October can't get here any quicker. Once football, once football, with that Thursday night game on ESPN, once that hits, it lets everybody know basketball season is right around the corner. I hear that, man. And tell me about your non-conference schedule, man. Uh, it, it, it looks like it's real diverse. You got first game against uh, another Jones, who was Mike Jones man, over there at Greensboro, the Spartans. I know he's a good coach with a good man as well, man. Tell us about having two African-American coaches like you and him in Greensboro right, that, right there as well and playing that first game of the season down there for you guys, man. You know, non-conference schedule, I try to make sure, you know, we schedule a, a diverse and, and, and a good schedule to help us get ready for our league. And, uh, you know, me and Mike, I, I go back a long time with Mike. You know, Mike's been one of those assistant coaches that I used to look up to, um, you know, when he was at Georgia. And I found out that Mike was an HBCU guy himself. You know, I've always been like, hey, man, you know, how can I make it, you know, to the other side, you know, and be successful and, and have a chance to be a head coach at one of these other schools? And, you know, and, and Mike uh, was a guy that I could talk to. And, and, and for 20 years later, for us to be two head coaches at two great institutions in Greensboro and have a chance to uh, play against each other and support each other, um, you know, the deal is, man, we're going to, you know, we're going to be uh, on the opposite end of sidelines um, that one game on November the 9th. And, you know, after November the 9th, we're going to support each other and, and try to make sure that uh, whatever we can do to help each other's program be successful, uh, we want to do that. And so um, outside of that, um, we, uh, you know, we got an opportunity to go back to Stanford, who came and played us in Greensboro last year. So to take the guys to the West Coast uh, will be a good deal. Uh, Wake. Um, a game, a local game here against uh, Wake Forest and Steve Forbes, who, who we have a connection through, the junior college that both of us worked at. Um, we got an opportunity to, to play uh, East Carolina um, down there in Greenville. Um, you know, those are some of the bigger schools and some great rivalry games with Jacksonville, a school that I used to work with, and Jordan Mincy, who's a first-year uh, head coach down there at Jacksonville. Um, you know, got a chance to uh, play uh, East Tennessee State, um, who has another, you know, first-year head coach down there, um, down in Johnson City. And so, um, you know, we think our schedule is uh, is very, you know, it gives us an opportunity to see a lot of different um, teams, a lot of different levels, and um, a lot of different styles, which I want to always put in, you know, you want to be ready for your leagues. You're trying to find styles similar to teams in your league to give you a, a, a first eye, uh, you know, appearance in terms of getting your guys ready to play. That's enough for what you will is this, man. When you come to the ATL, man, what's your favorite spot to eat here, man, when you come to town? You know, man, I'm a, I'm a Papa Do's guy, man. You know, Papa Do's <laughs> lays me. I, I tell the guy, listen, we got to be done with everything for the day. Because once you go up and Papa Do's and they lay it on you and Papa Do's, <laughs> once you get back to the hotel, it's over. It's, it's over. over. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Ain't no more calls, ain't no more recruiting calls. I can't meet with nobody. 
once they lay you down in Papa Do's, it's over, man. So I love Papa Do's. I love seafood. And, uh, you know, it, it, it gets me every time. I hear that. We're good to talk to your brother, man. Uh, I'm happy for your successes, I usually know, man. I'm happy for you as always, man. We're always training for you as well, man. So keep up the great work. Keep the energy popping, man. Get those aggies going, my brother. Hey, man, look forward to it. You continue to uh, continue to bless these coaches, man. And I look forward to being back on here during the season at some point. You sure will, brother. Hey, be safe, man. Talk to you real soon, brother. Aggie pride. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.